Sunday, Betfair Edge. Find better odds on all great racing at Royal Ascot at Betfair. What's gambling really costing you? Great to have your company on a Sunday morning. A uh, couple of technical difficulties there. Apologies for that. But we are here on the Betfair Edge. John Donahoe with you as well. Uh, it is all thanks to Betfair back or lay at Royal Ascot on Betfair. What's gambling really costing you? And also you can play both sides of the bet uh, this AFL season with lay betting exclusive to Betfair. Uh, great to be joined in the studio. It's his time of year. It's like Christmas for this man, uh, Rory Flanagan is in. Hello, Rosa. Morning, mate. Good to be back. Well, geez, you're, you're, you've got a, a pep in your step. <laughs> Five days of Royal Ascot. You're going from here to the airport, heading off over there, and it's going to be a big couple of days, couple of weeks for you. Yeah, I can't over race too hard just yet. No. I've just got to get into a nice rhythm and stay yeah. the trip. I've got all, I've got five days in a row back to back of wearing a top hat and tails that I've got to get acclimatized <laughs> to first and then dealing with warm beer and all that. Too, yeah. So it is, that's something we can get. Like we, we'll put the lay, we'll get the lay bin going in a sec, but that is something that when I was in London last time, it was stinking hot. It was probably, I probably went to London in the hottest part of the year in a heat wave. All I wanted was a cold beer, you know, just like a Carlton draft off the tap, but obviously different over there. You walk into a pub in London and they are room temperature. And that is something that does not bode well with me. So I hope you, you're you prepared for that sort of Yeah, um, when I was when stuff. I was over there last time for the uh, the World, when the World Cup was on, uh, I was watching one of the England games and they scored a last minute uh, winner or an equaliser or something like that. And it, they threw all the beers up in, in the pub and I was like, geez, this is... This isn't a waste. This is this is like urine temperature. This is like <laughs> what's going on here. Yeah, it's um, it is tough. It is because they're not used to it being hot, and so you you don't necessarily need the cold beer. But anyway, great to have you with us. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I want people to text in because you are heading to Ascot, and your strike rate in this area is quite remarkable. You were you had a big year last year. I remember sitting here with you and uh, Tommy Haylock and. You had a massive year last year, and this year you, you're reasonably confident that you're going to find some more as well. You've got a, plenty of strategies. So zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. if you want to hit up Rory. We are going to give some best bets as well throughout the show anyway. So, um, But anything they want to put on the agenda for, for you, and it'll be some late nights here in Australia, but uh, feel free to get in touch with us as well. There's plenty happening in the world of sport, Raw. We will uh, we will get into the lab in, in a sec. I hope you've got a couple because I've – I've had a busy week. I haven't got many, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna lay into a few people. Uh, there's cricket on. There's golf on. There's rugby on. There's AFL on. It's a nice, a really nice time of year to uh, to be a sports fan. So, have you been taking much notice of the cricket? Yeah, I actually went to the Betfair function on Friday night at, at the G. Nice. We had uh, we had the the Ashes first session up on the big screen, so that was uh, that was good to get around and. Uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of it as everyone should be acclimatized by Royal Ascot comes around because they should be staying up late for the cricket five nights in a row yep. and then just rolling straight into Love Royal that. Ascot. Yeah, it, 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 it'd be a wonderful time of year to be in England right now for, for this, uh, for a sports fan. And uh, obviously day two of the Ashes, we'll get into that uh, now, but... I tell you what, I, I I must say I love sitting back here in Australia and watching, I've said this a couple of times on this program, watching cricket from England. There's something beautiful about watching cricket at those grounds in the in the wee hours of the morning. I don't know what it is, but the, there's something just really nice about watching cricket in England at this time of year. I think it's the fan culture that yeah. like, generate a great atmosphere. Like, Sounds good always. Yeah. Anytime you get in, you know, you get, you're playing India, they pack out fans everywhere and there's always a good noise around the ground and then 
you obviously have the the yeah. ironic cheers from the Barmy Army yeah. and, and whatnot that that makes it a much more enjoyable experience because you know Test cricket can you know be a bit long in the tooth and stretch mm. out your stamina and you might get a little bored at times. If you've got a crowd that's making it fun, then yeah. it's well worth the experience. Absolutely. Birmingham. Birmingham's going off. Obviously, Lords for the second test as well. It's evenly poised at the moment. I, I thought when Cam Green went out last night, I was on the way home from the footy, I turned it on a little bit, and I thought, gee, when, when Moeen Ali spun one past Cam Green, I thought, they knew what they were doing, the English. They, they, they got the better of the conditions. The ball's spinning, the ball's swinging around a little bit. But... Usman Kawaja, he's got to go off the top. He's got to go on the backboard because the man cannot be stopped. I mean, he got, he got a, uh, he was unlucky in in the World Test Championship. Got a duck in the World Test Championship, but he no better way to bounce back than with 126 not out. He's his his form at the moment and his first test his first test century in England as well. His form at the moment is outstanding. Is that seven test centuries now since he's turned 35 yeah. years of age? So yeah, he's just like he's gone like a fine wine at the yeah. moment. So you couldn't be happier for the bloke because Test cricket. It's stiff to get an opportunity because yep. most of the team's set in stone half the time. And if you get it, you've got to grab it with both hands. And that's mm. exactly what he's done since he's been let back into the side. I reckon two or three years ago when he did get dropped and he came back in for the SCG test. I can't remember who went out and what the reason was, whether there was a COVID might issue. Might have been COVID, or, yeah. Might have been COVID, yeah. So um, whether there was a – yeah, there was COVID that – brought him back into the side. He made twin tons in those Ashes tests at the SCG and hasn't looked back since. So at 35 years of age, he is well and truly on the backboard. And, and you know, we talk about the fortunes of David Warner as well, who, you know, I, I sat here last week and I, I said, don't tell us when you're going to retire. The, you know, the selectors will pick your time and, and you know, you had your opportunity. But, you know, for Usman Kawaja, 35, he's still, he's still got a lot of cricket left in him. That was It was a great knock last night on a pitch that's, Look, uh, on a pitch that's rubbish, it's fair to say. It's fair to say. It's flat. It's low. It's not doing much. The odd ball comes through, but he's, he took him on. He took him on massively. So evenly poised at the moment, Roars. Um, eight for 393, obviously, declared the English, and then five for 311, Australia. 82 runs behind. Alex Carey on 52, not out. 126, not out. Fulsman Quadri survived a no ball as well. He got bowled by Stuart Broad off a no ball. And uh, he's uh, he's lived to tell the tale. So some uh, some good numbers there. Hopefully the Aussies can take their advantage. A little bit of rain around, which wouldn't be an English summer without the rain. Well, interestingly, um, the market at the moment has Australia as two dollars forty two favourites on Betfair. Really, the draw second favourite at three fifteen, and England yeah. the outsiders at three sixty. I'm just looking at the weather here for Birmingham tonight. So around around two o'clock, there's about a fifty two percent chance of thunderstorms, and I reckon. That'll see the day out. So I reckon they'll get going off the top. And then I reckon from two o'clock onwards, it's just going to be consistent yeah, rain. They so I get a session and a half. Yeah, I reckon a session and a half. I think that's why Stokes potentially declared. Yeah. Because he, you know, he thought they were going to get some rain at some stage and put a damper on things quite literally and yeah. needed to have a crack at getting Warner and, and Kwadra out while the light was low. I'm putting I'm putting Ben Stokes' declaration on the backboard. I, I, it's one of those things you rarely see and it's an, it's something that, you know, you sit back and you go at the time, wow, that's, that's a big call. 393 on the board, day one, ashes, but they know their game so well that they're conditioned so well as well that this is the new England. This is the new way of it. And, and a lot of people saying, oh, it's a ridiculous thing. You know, England's ruining test cricket. Oh, I, I must say, and I don't give England credit for a lot of things when they play Australia. 
I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was pretty ballsy. I I just thought, why wouldn't you just have a complete swing of everything yeah. possible, and then the last two wickets get out? Why? Why even declare? You've well, you got a bloke in there who's on a hundred, seeing it like beach balls. Yeah. Just let him, let him just flash the blade at it yeah. until for well for another until the end of play, and then declare and, and open up with a, a fresh new ball. Morning session, seeming around a bit of dew in the morning, and yeah, I think there's. I think that's a fair point, but I also think that they wanted to reduce. Jimmy Anderson getting barraged by bouncers and, you know, just keep him fresh. Well, no point in Jimmy Anderson going out there. He's not going to hit 30 runs. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I get where he's coming from. He said, yep. Ollie Robinson's sticking around here a little bit. Roots on 118. We got f- nearly 400 on the board, flat deck. If we can roll through a couple of Aussies quickly, then maybe, you know, we can, we can get back in with a lead and, and see how we go. That's, that's fair enough. But surely yeah. you just go until one of them gets out and then pull the pin. Yeah. Not while they're still seeing it well and hitting it well. That's the that's the beauty. That's the New England. It's it's the New England. It's it's, 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 ball. it's it is. It's everything. It's uh it's the best. So uh it's New England win the toss and elect to Baz. Yeah. <laughs> it was surprising that they they went in uh early on and they they elected to bat. Zero four double I think we I think we're using the track uh text line today actually. Zero four double nine seven three six seven three six. There's a couple being fed through here, so I've just changed it up. Big fella has text in, where is it? Big fellas text in, uh, looking forward to Rory's tips after last year. Been told to back a horse called Modern Gains on day one. Not sure if Rory has any thoughts. And JD, I think it might be time to put the lot to, might be time to lay the lines. What am I viewing? Not positive at the moment, being a contender. Tell us about uh, the horse, Modern Gains on day one. Yeah, I said to Miles the other day uh, that it was a one yard putt job on mm. day one. So I, I think you can build a bank around that horse on the first day. It's in the first race. So yep. if you want to get off to a good start, that's, he's probably the one. He is a five-time or six-time Group 1 winner over a mile. Um, his his youngest sister is is the odds-on favourite uh, later on in the week as well, over a mile. Loves the trip. Loves fast tracks. Nice, mm. firm footing. Um, that's why he got sent to America to tackle Breeders' Cup races on, on firm ground. And he's probably the best horse in Charlie Appleby stable. And I think you'd get about $2.80 for him. Mm. Um, I've got him going into a few multis with a few other horses. I think, I think he's a rock solid bet on day one to kick things off. How, how much prep do you put into the, like, is this 12 months of prep that you just go around and sort of watch, watch trials, watch everything that's going on around the Royal Ascot, but how much prep and time do you put into this year in, year out? So for some, some races, I'll get the highlighter out from last year's straight after the race last year, 12 yep. months ago. And I'll be like next year. Okay. So there's a horse in the gold cup called Coltrane. Yep. When he won at Ascot last year in the 4,400 meter race, I was like next year gold cup. And All he's right. come up favorite this year for the gold cup. So if I can see a horse that really likes the Ascot track, likes the uphill finish, um, Finds form around that time of year. The trainer's not doing too badly, and they've got a good jockey booked. Mm. Bang, happy to have a crack. Um, and right. it's got, I think it's got O'Sheen Murphy booked, who was the leading jockey at Royal Ascot a couple of years back. So I think he's he's in my top three bets for the week as well. Yeah, okay, there you go. I I love it. I love it. I mean, it, I I imagine it's something that takes hours and hours of sort of watching horses and staying up late. And I guess you're probably regularly on European time zone so when you head over there today you'll be fine you'll be ready to go yeah there'll be no there'll be no jet lag for me it'll, <laughs> it'll just be business as usual yeah um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll find it hard to stay awake at night and keep in touch with the Australians when I'm over there. <laughs> How long are you going away for? Uh, I'm going over two weeks. Yep. Doing the first week of Royal Ascot. Uh, I'm going to well, I'm going Windsor races on the Monday night, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day Royal Ascot. Uh, I'm trying to walk the track as well at some stage. Nice. Find out some fast lanes. Go in full Craig Williams mode, <laughs> and uh, and then ducking off to Italy with what's left in the kitty after that. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully there'll be there'll be plenty in the kitty after your uh, your tips come through. Surely, uh, and we'll still be. I, I assume we'll still be able to get your tips on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'll have previews up on the Betfair Hub every night, mm. so you can uh, you can launch into those sort of full written previews, suggested strategies, and staking advice, and all that sort of stuff. At, as I've done for the last few years. Yep. Beauty. All right. We'll get, we will get, we'll talk plenty more about it over the next uh, 40 minutes or so. But I reckon, uh, I reckon we should get into the lay bin, if we can, please, Link. All right. Lay bin. I came prepared last week and I, I, it must be said, I wound up a billion people. Um, it's funny. I, I told myself not to read the comments. I read the first three or four on the uh, on the video, and that was enough for me. <laughs> I really, after I went through Shulman Gill last week, I thought, yeah, no, I probably just won't read the comments. But I'm not. I'm not as stacked today. I've got a couple that I uh, that I want to roll through. But you you kick us off. You are the guest. You can uh, you can kick us off in the lay bin. I've got I've got two. Okay. Two. First one is the AFL Tribunal mm-hmm. with uh, the Sicily suspension. Ooh. I just, it's, I just, I just feel. I think two of the panelists on the tribunal at the moment haven't even played the game. Yep, um, and they're just not applying any feel or context to what actually goes goes on in the game and, mm. and those sort of situations. And I think they're watching everything too. They're watching too much of it in slow motion, and they're not applying how quick and how mm. uh, rapid movements are, and how much how little time you actually have to try and adjust to something when you're making a tackle. Yeah. And if you keep rubbing out good players that everyone wants to see every week, for, well, for three weeks for basically incidental stuff uh. while, while blokes are doing deliberate actions to hurt people yeah. and are only getting one, two weeks, it's, it's just wrong in my eyes. Yeah. That, that, the, the Sicily one, I slowed it down and watched it a couple of times. It, I feel like there's a lot of factors in it. So, there's so much happening that obviously with the tackle and then Tyler Brockman coming in over the top, which probably just didn't help the situation and the, and where um, the precarious position that McCluggage was in. So I, I slowed it down and I did think it's at a point, but this is unreasonable and it, it was just my thought. It was unreasonable for, for anyone to, to say this, but I thought at the time when McCluggage ended up on top of Sicily, mm. that's when he could have let him go. If he lets him go and they roll off on each other and, you know, McCluggage is just sitting on top of Sicily, it's, 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 you know, there's no issue here. The problem became, I reckon, that Sicily then, because he was on his back, he got up on his knees and then brought McCluggage down to the ground. Now, in a split second of thinking on an AFL field, that's unreasonable to say, mm. let him go. But... And that, well, the memo That's, came out from the AFL is when you're tackling blokes, if you can try and yeah. know, soften their landing yeah. by pulling them on top of you. If you're yeah, doing yeah. That. And he's done that. Yeah. And so, it's like, well, you're rubbing me out for three weeks after I've done what yeah. you asked. If, Tyler, you if you didn't get concussed, yeah. he doesn't get even doesn't get a week. And Tyler a free kick for it. Tyler Brockman coming in over the top probably didn't help as well because it it 
it pushed more momentum onto mm. McCluggage, onto Sicily, yeah. and then Sicily obviously thinking that McCluggage still has the footy mm. has ripped him to the side. I, I, I thought it was stiff. I must say that there's a real grey area, and as a lot of people have come out and said that there's no one at the AFL because there's no footy boss at the moment. There's no one at the AFL to come out and say what is right, what isn't right. We're just it's hearsay that yeah, okay, try and soften the tackle. Now it's 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 hard because when I was growing up, when you were growing up, I don't know how much footy you played, but like you know, there was nothing better than a run run down tackle or a big crunching tackle, and no one ever tackles to hurt. You tackle to dispossess or or you know take get the footy. And get it back and win a free kick for your teammates. So it's really hard at the moment. It's 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 tough to know because you, you now watch the footy and you go, oh, well, he's just going to get weeks for that. So a big tackle that someone lays, oh, well, he's going to get weeks for that. Yeah. It's a, and it's hard. It's a hard way to watch footy. Exactly. It's a really hard way you're, to watch you're footy. You're always paranoid now watching your, your favorite players make a tackle because yeah. – Am I going to be without these blokes for th- two, three weeks? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, nice start by you. I got two. I've just thought of one, and uh, I'll come back to my uh, my second point. The first one is, and this is, I'm not going to name a team, but in general, I reckon footy fans need to win more humbly, if that makes sense. <laughs> There's a few supporter bases out there that are quite cocky. It's fair to say, and fair play to them. If they win flags, you know, that's fine. But there's been times where, you know, I've seen supporter bases taunting support opposition supporters as they walk out or, you know, just like what's the word? I'm trying to I'm trying to massage this so I'm not uh not offending 18 supporter bases, but you know, thumbing their nose down at at lesser teams. I saw it a couple of times in the last couple of weeks and and I just think that yes, you know, go to the footy, enjoy yourself, have fun. And support your team 100% of the time. I'm not sitting here saying, don't say this, don't say that. But once a siren goes, a bit like in a game of footy, I think it's, you know, we won the game, great, pumped, shake hands, move on. You don't need to taunt supporters as they walk out. I saw a kid recently get not, and I don't think it was necessarily directed at him, but it was his team and they were sort of hurling abuse in the direction of a dad with his kid there and the kid was upset. And I'm like, really? Do we need to do this? Like footy, I love footy. I love the passion of it. I love the tribalism of it. But do we really need to fire taunts at people and say goodbye? And, you know, let's just, you won, be happy, win humbly. I was always taught, be gracious in defeat and be humble in victory. So I just, I just, it, it came to a head a couple of times over the last few weeks. I didn't love what I saw from certain supporter bases. I'm not going to name them because I will get absolutely destroyed by their uh, fans, but there's a few supporter bases out there that need to pull their heads in. Well, that rolls straight into what I had okay. had in mind about uh, the Palmy Army oh. giving it to the Aussie fans <laughs> by, yeah, by this was bad. chanting Rolf Harris, he's one of your own. Yeah. Like, two words for you, lads. Prince Andrew. <sighs> yeah. Like, have a look in your – make sure your own house but also, is in order. But also why? Like, yeah, the, why? there's no – again, and again, like, it's I get it's Australia and England and mm. let's – Let's fire each other up. But that, I feel like, crosses the line. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And what transpired... No, no one wants to be reminded of yeah, that. Yeah, what transpired in that situation is is horrific in any sense of the word, whether you're Australian, English, or otherwise. So I just feel like they don't need to go there. And it's it's just petty and stupid and 
like yeah, ridiculous. All, all the fantastic chance the Barmy Army's got. Yeah. Like that one's just rubbish. And I reckon 98% of the Barmy Army, what they do is quite funny, clever. You know, like the Mitchell Johnson chant they had a couple of years ago, I thought was hilarious. Hilarious. You know, he bowls to the left, he bowls to the right. Mitchell, that Mitchell Johnson, his bowling is, you know, the rest. Yeah. Um, you know, they come up with a lot of witty stuff, but I reckon they've let themselves down a little bit there. Yeah, big time. I reckon they let themselves down a little bit there. Um, you is that all you got? Uh, yeah, that's all, all I right. got. Yep. One, one I am gonna, uh, and this is this is one that's semi tough for me, but I want to roll this piece of uh, piece of audio on the stroke of half time last night, St Kilda and Richmond. This happened. Off a fist, Ryan looks to lumber. Doesn't quite have the speed to get there. Howard misses his man. Ronald Webster, this might come unstuck. Bolton around the corner, puts it in front of Miller, settles nicely for him, kicks and goals. All right. As a former defender in a local footy league, you're taught rain, 10 seconds left in a game, on the boot. And, and most of the time in the rain, sack the handball, kick it long. I'm lay binning and I'm putting in the lay bin in a really strong way, Dougal Howard. And this isn't the first time that Dougal Howard's offended in this, uh, in this manner. I've spoken to a lot of people. One of my best mates is a St. Kilda supporter. I've, I've spoken to a lot of Saints fans. They are done with Dougal Howard. It's, look, everyone has bad days. But this is a consistent thing with Dougal Howard that he looks like Darren Berry. I was texting last night and he said, he looks like a giraffe on ice. Like he, he's got no spatial awareness when he's near the footy to the point where certain St. Kilda supporters, when he gets the ball, pray that he just gets rid of it. Now he, I, I just, I cannot fathom that in a game like that, you're 11 points down. You've stayed, you've stayed in the contest when you're being outplayed massively and with 15 seconds left, he's got to know that there's, there's very little time on the clock. He's handballed backwards into defensive 50 in the rain, Jimmy Webster running past, not really expecting the handball. I think he was expecting him to, to kick it long. He's handballed back into the defensive 50. Shea Bolton picks it up. Who's a classy player. Hits Ben Miller on the chest. Who's got 40 meters of space all to himself. Snaps and goals. 17 point lead at half time. And in the end, it's a difference in the game. Yep. I, I just, I, I, I'm done. I just think as a supporter base, St. Kilda fans have, have really gone through a lot of heartache. Welcome to the Essendon experience. Yeah. But I, I see, <laughs> I would counter that by saying Essendon have got 16 premierships and St Kilda have got one. And so there's not really much sympathy from, I would say, St Kilda supporters to Essendon supporters. When you're accustomed to success. Yeah, no, this is true. This is true. Absolutely. And I I completely understand that. But I'm putting, I'm big time putting Dougal Howard in the lay bin. Dougal, it's wet. Kick the ball down the line and stop being silly. Stop trying to make it out like you're Scott Pendlebury. And I'm just gonna oh, I'm just gonna lay this quick handball off, and we'll 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 kick a goal. It frustrated the hell out of me. Um, I was there last night. I was watching, and it just it it ruined any momentum they had of coming back into that game. And um, yeah, the, the, there's issues galore at St Kilda, but I think Dougal Howard is one. It's becoming quickly. It's becoming like Ross Lyon's love for Zach Dawson. That that's was, how that's how I'll put it. That was, that was fetish level stuff. That. He continued to continually gave him a game, and then to the point where Zach Dawson followed him to Fremantle. 
I don't know why Ross Lyon continues to give him a game. I get that you need tall key defenders, but Dougal Howard's a liability in that team right now. And when St Kilda subbed him off last night, in early in the third quarter, their defensive structure was so much better to the point where they kicked three goals in the quarter and, and went in at three-quarter time, seven points down, and, and were in, in the game. So I'm putting Dougal Howard big time in the lay-bin, um, and uh, yeah, he's he's on notice, I must say. He's on notice. Time to learn the fundamentals again in the twos. Just get just kick the ball. Get it on the boot, son. I don't know. That was a basic fundamental that I learned in you know early days, under 12s footy. I coached under under 15s, and, and they understand that when the ball's wet, soapy, you know, hard to handball, that you just you offload it down the line, especially with 15 seconds left. Anyway, I'm going on. Uh, we've got a couple here off the text. I'll get to those in, uh, in a moment, but we've got to get some news headlines at the moment. The SEN app. Great to have your company on the Sunday Betfair Edge. John Nutto, Rory Flanagan with you. We'll go through some uh, some best bets from Royal Ascot. Have you got anything you want to put on the backboard before we uh, before we continue? Oh, anything anything good that you've seen in the world of sport? Because we do. Oh, oh, we've touched on Usman Khawaja. Oh, how good was he? Yeah. What a marvellous knock that was. Yep. And, um, as far as I'm for now, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to put Port Adelaide in the back bin. Uh, in the back, back, the bin, back, backboard. Backboard. Um, it took me. I think it took me ten win, ten straight wins, and a half of footy against Geelong to realise that these guys are the real deal. Um, every every week or so, I, I sort of said, uh, maybe I think the dogs will get them. I think this team will get them. No one's got them. Ten, ten in a row or eleven in a row now is so impressive. They're right up there, and this could be. A huge, huge year for uh, for Port Adelaide supporters. They're, they're playing some of the most exciting footy going in the in the game right now. Old mate from South Park's gone to a new level <laughs> this year. Butters, Butters, he's just freak, just, just a different breed. Like if he, if he's not winning the ball and mm. distributing it, it's the smothers and and all sorts of the one percenters off the ball that he's doing that. It's just next level. He just this will sound weird, but he, he's the way that his legs move so quickly. He's just. Every time, every time he gets the footy, you go, oh, well, he's just going to break another line. He, he's, they're the story of the year. They're, they're a great story. It's nice to see a new contender. You know, for the last couple of years, it's been Melbourne, it's been Geelong, it's been Sydney. But now we've got a new contender in, in Port Adelaide. I'm putting them on the backboard. I, I admit, you know, the last couple of weeks I tipped against them, uh, but no more. No more because they are, they are the real deal now. They're the, they're the team that can challenge Collingwood on this uh, in this season, and and I reckon uh, I reckon they're gonna they're gonna go very very deep. They have the bye next week, and then they'll uh, they'll probably just take take a few more uh, along the way. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, one here off the text. Labin Graham Arnold and the miserable game plan. I didn't even see. I I must say, I watched it. Look, to, yeah. to be honest, that one's probably a touch harsh because Argentina won the World Cup. Yeah, and we've. Almost gone toe to toe with them again. You know, you expect you've, you've got Messi playing for you and all, and yeah. a bunch of World Cup winners, and we're still giving it a decent crack, mm. forcing their keepers to make, their keeper to make another blinding save at least, yep. and then and actually, you know, with the the quality of players compared to what we had about twenty years ago, it, mm. it's not the same level. And yep. and I think we're punching well above their weight. I don't I don't mind that game plan to be honest. Yeah. And Graham Arnold's done enough to win the contract. Um. He deserves to, to set up the team the way he wants and at least judge him on the next couple of years. 
Yeah, too nil. friendly in China. Like, yeah. no, it's not worth getting too too worried about. Start paying more attention when it comes to World Cup qualifying time and Asian Cup time. What I will say is it's probably good. It's probably a good thing for... Now, I don't watch a whole lot of soccer, so this might be more your area, but I, I would imagine Australia playing Argentina, in, even in friendlies, is a good thing for the sport and for the country as well to get a lot more global reach and a lot more eyes on Australia. I mean, as you said... If not for a bit of Leo Messi brilliance in the World Cup, we we match them for well, just about the entire game. Their goalkeeper in the last minute pulls yeah. off a blinding save, yeah. and then even after after the World Cup, their coach said, "Oh, which was the toughest game, Australia?" Yeah. So, so that's and that's what you want. You want to be known as the well, team you want who's to earn some respect. Who's going to be the toughest team to play along the way? So look. Uh, the fact that they want to butter up against us again and get another good hit out is, yeah, is a compliment to exactly. us. Exactly. And Leo Messi scores in the second minute. I mean, you, you expect that. He's just about yeah. the best player in the world now. So, um, yeah, Lab, that was from Tanasi Labin, uh, Graham Arnold, miserable game plan. Uh, so he also says Australian public and media for patting the team on the back for exceptional mediocrity, which I guess we've just done. Uh, how about putting some? How about we put some faith in the talent to actually play to win as we did under Aussie Goose or Ange? I don't expect the players to be brave when coaching staff is the opposite and lacks faith in most of the squad and plays garbage. We expect to lose. Your thoughts on that, please. That, You're the that, soccer man. That just starts at, at like I was a soccer coach for ten years. Yeah, it starts from grassroots level. We mm. we need to start with playing a certain way all through youth levels. If you watch the under-23s tournament that the uh, Oli Roos just played in and also the, the under-18s as well, our under-18s scored the most phenomenal goal that I've ever seen from Australian team at international level yeah. where it took, took risks all the way from our own goal line, passed it right through the whole field, yeah. cut the team apart and finished off brilliantly. That's, the, that's what you need to implement at youth level and start from there. And once you've got a whole generation of players that grow up on the same the same bread and butter, that's when you can start to make change to the national team. While mm. we've still got too, too much mix and match and we're bringing in blokes who are you know, naturalised Scottish citizens and all that yep. sort of jazz, it's kind of hard to implement that. We need to have a whole revamp of the system at the youth level and go from there. Yeah. It is funny. Sometimes you hear you know, Harry Sutar talk and you go, doesn't really sound Aussie, yeah. does he? Yeah. But, Perth in Scotland, yeah. not Perth in Western Yeah, Australia. yeah, exactly. Keep those coming, 0433-98-1116. And f- feel free to send through any questions you have about Ascot. We've got Rory here for another 20 minutes or so, um, and we are going to deep dive into it on the other side of the break here. But uh, anything you want to put on the agenda, because this man here is the best in the business when it comes to Royal Ascot. Not putting any pressure on you, Raw. Uh, <laughs> but your strike rate is unbelievable. I, I don't – look. You know, you don't want to pump up your own tyres too much. But tell us about last year and how you went and, uh, you know, as we look ahead to a new year, a new oh, Ascot. This time last year on this show, I think I put up I put up half a dozen best bets and one of them was scratched, yep. four of them won, and the other one was a tragedy beat. Yep. So, uh, and then our, the best lays, the three best lays I put up, they all got beat as well. Yep. So I can't complain with that sort of that sort of form. Absolutely uh, not. So we're gun gun for some more this year. I've got there's eight group ones mm. that I've, I'm keen to, to play in in all of those. And there's some big field handicaps and some group twos as well that I'm Beauty. keen to get invested in. All right. Well, let's get to a break. We'll get to those on the other side of this. We'll deep dive into Ascot for the next 20 minutes or so. We'll give you a score update. Ricky Fowler's in the lead at the US Open. He's 11 under from, uh, from Clark at nine under as well. So he's got a couple of shot lead at the LA Golf Club, which is ridiculous, uh, got some ridiculous greens on it. I don't know if you saw the previews prior to it, but some of the balls were 
going at right angles. But that's a nice putt from Ricky Fowler from long range. Very nice. We'll keep you across that. And plenty more big games of footy coming up today. It's the Sunday at Betfair Edge. Uh, all thanks to Betfair. Back or lay AFL markets exclusive to Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Sunday, Betfair Edge. Find better odds on all great racing at Royal Ascot at Betfair. What's gambling really costing you? Can't talk about Royal Ascot without having some Royal music. You're going to be, well, you're going to be uh, just slumming it with the Royals over the next few days as well. You'll be in the Royal Box. Top and tails. Make sure you get the bat. Have you got the proper technique? Yeah, I'll have to get someone to teach me. Yeah. So Don't usually, go too low. I think I usually just... slum it with the plebs. Yeah. <laughs> John Donahoe and Rory Flanagan with you for the last uh, few moments on uh, the Betfair Edge on the Sunday. Betfair Edge tags and uh, Sammy Highland not far away. Looking forward to seeing the little man. Plenty of footy on today as well. But the important stuff that we are here for, Rory, and what you're about to fly over to the UK for is Royal Ascot. Five days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know how you're going to go all to all those days and have the stamina, but this is your baby. So talk us through it. Let's start with the Aussie horses that are running at Royal Ascot, please. Yeah, so we've got, uh, obviously, Nature Strip won the King's Stand last year. Yep. He came back home down under and a cool and gather knocked him off. And now she goes over to try and stamp that form. So... She'll probably come up favourite based on her piece of work she did on the course. She had a proper gallop the other day mm-hmm. and looked in good nick. She was moving pretty well, dropped the lead horse with about 200 metres to go for, like it was a murder weapon. <laughs> um, and obviously J-Mac, Kieran Ma, Dave Eustace, how can you knock the form there in? Yep. And you've obviously got Cannonball as well who's going over there who's, who's just desperately in search of a dry track. If you look at all his form in his career on a dry track, he goes much better than on a soft track and he's just run too many times on a soft track. So I think he's a little bit underestimated. And then uh, there's some American Raiders in the market as well, but I think you can get about 12 bucks for Cannonball and about $4 for Cool and Gatter at the moment. Beautiful. All right. Obviously on the Saturday, we've got um, Artorius who who ran a luckless race there last year, mm. finished third. Uh, he's, he's back for redemption. Um, J-Mac booked and he's he came up favourite actually for, for the um, – the Queen Elizabeth Jubilee, it's been renamed. I think he's a $4 chance at the moment. Um, the the favourite that was going to run there, she's not backing up from the Tuesday, so she'll just focus on her race on the Tuesday. So she's drifted out a bit. And then you've obviously got the Lucky Swain S form from Hong Kong through Wellington. And then the astrologist as well, who's who had a big Group 1 run in Dubai, mm. used that prize money to pay for the, the golden ticket over, over there for this race. Um, he's a bit of an outsider in the field at $21, but I think... Um, He's not the worst roughie in the field, but I think Artorius, Artorius is a good chance of winning yep. a place again. How, how are Australian racehorses seen go, c- going over there? Because I reckon there's a, from time to time there's a little bit of a perception that they're not as good as European horses. But you said there's four going over. You know, I think you said, what, favourite, favourite, second favourite, and then an outsider. So yeah. how, how are our chances going over there to take on Europe? Well, we've got a really, really good record over there with our sprinters. Um, basically anything that we send over well, – Anything that beyond a mile, Pom seem to think is is a crossbred donkey. Um, so sprinters, sprinting's our game. We breed for speed over here, and we should be embarrassing the Poms really if we if we're backing up what, what our claims are. So do you reckon three out of those four would be a good chance to win? Yeah, I, I think if it's a if 
if the track is playing nice and fair yep. and it's nice and even and they're not drawn too far away from where the action is, there's a really good chance. I mean, Cool and Gatta's got a really good cruising speed in her races, so she'll mm-hmm. lob on the speed and she, she's a really good chance of winning. And, and Cannonball, we, you know, he's really untested on a, on a dry track, on a straight track. So yep. it could be a, the X factor and obviously Artorius, the horses that beat him in this race last year aren't contesting it this year. So yep. he's a massive chance to, to go one better. Uh, eight group ones. We'll get through this quickly, and then we'll get we'll finish off with all your best bets. Eight group ones across the the carnival. Uh, talk us yep. through those. So we have got the Queen Anne Group One, which kicks everything off on the first day. Modern Games should win that race. He's probably my second best bet of the week. Modern Games should be winning that. In Spirals, the second favourite. They're almost the same price, but she's got really bad Barry manners and tends to fluff the start. Yep. So I'm quite keen on Modern Games. Obviously, in the King Stand as well. Um, it's hard to look past the top two in the market. Then in the St. James Palace, there's a a horse called Paddington. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's won the Irish Guineas. Looks a really, really good horse. And I think he can outdo the English 2000 Guineas form um, and and win that race. And then on to the Prince of Wales on the Wednesday. Uh, That's that's probably the race of the week in terms of the the Group 1 quality there. I put up a tip on the show the other day that was my Prospero. It was about 10 bucks. He's now into $4.60. Yep. So if you wanted to lay that off a bit and then use the the pocket change you've made to back a horse called Adair, who won two group ones as a three-year-old, I think um, he's now learned to settle. He's a really, really good chance of winning the Prince of Wales. So I think you can get about three sixty-five for him on Betfair at the moment. Then in the Ascot Gold Cup, you've got a horse called Coltrane, mm-hmm. named after Robbie Coltrane, who played Hagrid and yep. Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, he's the $4.30 favorite. He uh, loves the track. He's won there multiple times. Stays like a mother-in-law. He um, <laughs> he should be he should be winning that race. Um, and the one to look out for, in terms of an Australian perspective, is mm-hmm. a horse called Courage Monami, okay. who might be bought and imported out here and targeted at the Melbourne Cup. All right, and beautiful. Then, um, the one I think that everyone's declaring as a sure thing for the week is a horse called Al Asifa in the Riversdale Stakes. They paid a late entry fee of forty grand for her for that. Yep, um, because she's won by how far she liked. Uh, at her first two starts. So she's got a lot of X factor, a lot of wow factor. I think um, she'll be winning, but there's no price about her at the moment. Yeah. And on to the Commonwealth Cup, which is like our version of the Coolmore Sprint, Mm -hmm. Uh, 1,200 metres for three-year-olds. The favourite there is Little Big Bear. Um, He fits the profile. The profile for this race is you want horses that are stepping down from a mile, that have already won at 1,200 metres, that are... Um, that can finish off the uphill finish really strongly. So that's why you want that mile experience in their legs. And there's three horses that fit that bill. It's a horse called Little Big Bear, the favorite, a filly called Lazoo, and a horse called Noble Style. Um, if Noble Style goes to the race, he's still weighing up where he goes to a different race. But Lazoo and Little Big Bear, I think, are rock solid bets in that race. So mm-hmm. you can have a favorite and then a $9 chance. Um, spread out your stake a bit. You have a big bet on the on the favorite and a small bet on the on the Philly Lazoo, she's by Zoo Star Australian bred, so there'll be a bit of Aussie pride in that. Um, and then probably the second best race of the week is the Coronation Stakes, where it's the the uh, English 1,000 Guineas winner versus the Irish 1,000 Guineas winner, and it's a rematch of the English 1,000 Guineas, where those two pulled 10 lengths clear of the third horse and had a ding-dong battle to the line. Tahira's $2, a $2 favourite, and Morge, who beat Tahira, is the $5 favourite, but that's because Morge had the flu and had a 10... 10 day setback where she didn't do any fast work. So if there's a big late push for Morge, maybe it's better to get on now and get some price, get, get yep. a price for her. And then, um, and when Tahira drifts a bit, you can back Tahira. Beautiful. So to steal a taggartism, 
pens, pencils, crayons, form guides, be ready. What are your best – I know you ran through a few there, but give us your best of the best over the next uh, couple of days that people can jump on. Yep. So my best five – so I'll start with uh, I'll start with fifth yep. you know, ascend, yep. ascending order like yep. we did last year. So yep. fifth best bet is a day R in the Prince of Wales. Uh, fourth best bet will be uh, if he goes to the Jersey Stakes – we want to make sure he's going to that race first. Will be, will be uh, noble style in the jersey. Mm-hmm. One at the track on Taboo looks like he's, you know, bred for fourteen hundred meters or less, and just didn't enjoy the mile on the guineas. Uh, third best bet will be Coltrane yep. in the Gold Cup, which you mentioned. Yep. Yep. Second best bet will be Modern Games in the first race on the first day, at Queen Anne. Yep. And the best bet for the week. Is called Hookum H U K U M, full brother to Baid, who is the world's best horse for the last two years. Uh, he beat a previously unbeaten Derby winner first time out in this prep. Just dropped him for fun, and there's really not much else that's going to beat him in that race. Beautiful. All right, we're going to podcast this. Link's going to podcast this shortly. Uh, follow yourself on Twitter as well, Rory. Been fun. Enjoy safe travels over, and uh, we'll keep an eye on your uh, your travails over there on uh, on Twitter. We've got to get to the airport now. Yes, good luck. Have fun, Rory Flanagan, the best in the business when it comes to Royal Ascot form. The skipper of SEN tracks in the building. D Taggart's here. Sammy Highland, I can see up in Bris Vegas. So they're coming up next. A big day of trackside. Plenty of footy coming up as well. If you want to switch across and don't miss the cricket tonight also. Big Bet Fair Edge, thank you for that. Play both sides of the bet this AFL season with lay betting exclusive to Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Thanks to Rory. Thanks to Link. We'll see you next time.